Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. Come to Cabaret, the podcast. I'm Heather Jean. I am so excited to be having this conversation. You know, when you meet somebody and you're just like so quickly aligned and you're just like, yep, I know this person. Um, well, that's how it's happening today on this episode. Yes. And I'm so excited. So um, so let me tell you a little bit about um, the, the podcast. The podcast is all things confidence. And if you look at the playlist or you've been listening for a while, you'll see that there's all kinds of different topics. But what they have in common is informing and uplifting confidence in your personal life, work life and stage life. And so today's guest is I'm just so excited for this conversation is going to be with Lindsay Peterson. And I'll tell you a little bit about Lindsay and then we'll have a chat. So Lindsay's a therapist and a coach and Lindsay helps women uh, learn how to survive, stop, it's how to stop surviving day to day. So let, let me just rephrase that. When we're survival mode, then it, 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 feels like we're very reactive. And what I love when I learned about Lindsay's bio is the how to stop surviving day to day and not just telling you like stop surviving, change it, but actually how to. And I'm so excited to have this conversation. So Lindsay's aim is to help women to feel calm and confident in themselves and to feel connected to their to their loved ones. And Lindsay Peterson, you are so welcome on Confidence Through Cabaret. I love having you here. I've met yeah. you like five minutes ago and I already feel like we've been friends for years. So welcome. Oh, so fun. Thank you so much for having me. So I, I I loved your bio when when you sent it to me and I was like yes we have to have this conversation and I, and I, you know you you put like how to stop surviving not just like teaching women to stop surviving because we can do that right we could just like willpower our way through it but you talk about the how to yeah so how is that different as a therapist and coach. Absolutely. I think, you know, what's out there is there's lots of different approaches and everyone has an approach that works for them. So I want you guys to know if what I'm saying to you isn't working, that's okay. But if you're like, finally, this makes sense. Like, yes, I'm so hoping that happens. And I would love for that to happen for you guys. And that's what I often hear from my clients is they're just like, you know what, Lindsay, I've been trying and searching for so long, trying to figure out things. I've tried yoga. I've tried medication. I've tried self-help. I've read books. I've listened to podcasts. I've done meditate, like right, the list, list, list goes on and on and on. And they're like, but it just isn't really making sense or I can't really tangibly hold on to something. And what I want you guys to know is that's where I was as well. That's where I was in my own journey. I was frustrated. I was stuck. I was trying things. I was even going to therapy myself and being like, this isn't working. And people are like, let's talk about trauma. And I was like, no, because I'm getting more traumatized. That survival mode, I was there longer. It was more intense. I was like beyond stuck. I was just like, well, I'm just going to stay in bed all day. Like, that's pretty much it. And so, yeah, you too, right? Just like survival. It's like, there's nothing I can do. And so I wanted something I could tangibly hold on to something that had steps, something that just had some black and white. And I literally could be like, you know what, this is what's going on right now. And this is what I can do about it. Um, so that's what the approach is that I created is literally the step-by-steps of what to do. So how many steps are there in terms of going from beyond stuck to getting 
at least on the road to being unstuck? Yeah. So really what I would break it down to is really fundamentally three things is it's recognizing where you are in your brain. And it's knowing that in those different parts of your brain, you have a question and we need to answer yes to that question. So if we can answer yes to the survival one of, am I safe? And we can say, yes, you are safe. You move to the emotional part of your brain, which is asking the question, am I loved and connected? And we go, Yep, let's do that. And I'll teach you those tools and steps to do that. So we say yes. And then we move up to the executive part of your brain. This is where you're happy. You're joyful. You're you're not in survival mode at all. You're so taking hold of your life. You're excited. You're just, you're full of life. There's energy about you when you're there. And when you're there, you're having the question, what can I learn and how can I grow? So let's answer yes to that too. Like, and let's teach you, let's explore, let's discover what there is to be in your life. I love, love that. And it's so simple. And that's why I wanted to get like a number, like like I know obviously there's there's a lot more than three steps to it because that would be wonderful if we could just, <laughs> you'd, you'd have the secret to world domination if you could just do it all in, in three steps. So I know that it's more complicated than that, but, but I just, I, I love the simplicity of, you know, we're doing how to do this, right? Not just do it, like, you know, do yoga and do, and look, I'm a fan of yoga majorly, yes. but, you know, do, do journaling and do gratitude and all of those things. But it's the how to and the what to do with that that, that yes. attracts me to your work. And what you're saying is those things, the yoga, the meditation, the journaling, those are all how I define them as calming strategies, which actually is a secret to how to get out of survival mode. You need calm. So use a calming strategy. That is how you answer yes to that one. Simple, right? Very simple. So that's well, it. it. It is. It is. And yet, you know, um, when I was reading your bio at the beginning of this, I, I said that it's not just like willpower, right? Like you could say to yourself, right, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. every day and I'm going to do yoga. And you might do that. Yes. But it doesn't take you out of survival mode unless you're addressing the things behind that, right? Yes. And, and the reality too, is that my approach is kind of, I, I was literally talking to my husband about this last night. He's like, you know what, honey, your approach is right in the middle. It's not just the spirituality of like willpower, even being like, I prayed this and I put this into the universe and then this happened. Like sometimes, yes, I get that. And like, yep. And I understand that and I respect that and I honor that. But then the, the other spectrum is like, hardcore has to be based entirely on fact and has to be like proven. And my approach is based on neurodevelopmental research, in other words, brain-based research, right? So it's literally based on science, but it's also taking into account all of the qualitative data, which means data from people, data from stories, data from my experiences in working with people. And that's how I've created this approach. So it's really the blend of these two into this middle ground of like, yeah, no, it's, it's the middle and you can pull from the different avenues to make it work for you. Brilliant. Brilliant. So for anybody who's a coach listening, um, I have a theory of what you're going to say, but um, you, you, you describe yourself as a therapist and coach. Now there are a lot of pros and cons to, you know, having a therapist or having a coach or ideally having both in some cases, um, but for a lot of coaches that are not therapists and therefore are not qualified to deal with, for example, trauma, 
how how do you distinguish the line or do you have a line between like you're my coaching client and I'm going to use my therapist background or we're going into therapy here like what how do you do that absolutely yeah the distinction really is simple is with therapy you give a mental health diagnosis with coaching you do not point blank that's really the biggest difference um but my therapy modality is very linked to coaching and I'm very solution focused and very skills based and very let's teach you, let's equip you and we have goals and we're going to meet them. And so even my therapy clients, I don't work with people for a long amount of time. It's short, it's quick. My coaching clients, my really intense ones, um, we work for six weeks. They're the ones that are like, I want this, I need this, I need transformation fast and not even just need it. Like I've been so thirsty and seeking this for so long that I'm so ready and they're so open and I love that. And so there's this willingness, there's this openness to just be taught and to learn and just apply. Um, so six weeks, that's literally all it takes. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And I think, I think, you know, um, for those of us that like to have everything now, like we have an idea, we make a decision and we're ready to roll. We okay. like to have fast action, right? So and that's so me, right? And so what it like, even what I said at the beginning is like everyone's approach is different. And like you might be like, oh no, this is not my approach. I get that. I've had lots of conversations with people. And that's why I offer a free 30-minute session with people that are like, I think I'm interested. And it's like, well, let's feel this out. I will tell you at the end if I feel like we're a good fit. And I also want you to tell me as well. Yeah. But yeah. Does it work? Because it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And that's the thing is I think there's a lot of people who are hungry for clients and then they'll take on a client and it's not the right fit. And then that's not good for either one of you. It isn't because you know what? The reality is, is that we are the only ones who can really truly take care of ourselves and other people don't have it in their, that's, and that's too much responsibility in other people if we're kind of putting that on other people. And it's really our responsibility to take care of ourselves. Um, so we need to do that. We need to honor that. And I'm also speaking from someone who burnt out in the field early on. And I don't want to do that. I don't. Like, there's – I find way too much joy in this work to burn out. Um, but in order to have that joy, I need to – I have to be very wise on who I work with. Um, but it's also like we all need to be wise in the choices that we make and the things we say yes to. Because we want to say yes to things that fill us up and give us joy – but we need to be wise and say no to things that take too much from us. Um, it's not wise. No, it's not. And I think, you know, um, a lot of times, well, I, I come across two, two, kind of, two kinds of clients. I come across the ones that, that just, more, more often the, the ones that just struggle to say no. Um, and, you know, they're, they're people pleasers and they want to, you know, be uh, all things to all people all the time, ideally. Mm -hmm. which is which is where you end up burnt out and you end up with very little time for yourself and Absolutely. then and then you're drained the other kind of people that I that I work with are ones that struggle to say yes to things that they want to do because there's imposter syndrome or because um there's there's some sort of fear or belief that makes them go oh I couldn't do that I'd love to but I couldn't oh yeah and yep. it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it's trendy right now to talk about saying no, but 
I like to talk about saying yes to things that you want to do. Yes. Yes. And one of the ways that I do it is I, I, I love this analogy or I literally show people this visual example or sometimes I'm literally in session with people and I'm like, do you have a cup? Do you have a faucet somewhere? Like go turn on the faucet. Okay. Now tell me where your energy is at when it comes to this cup. Fill it up as much energy that you have. Now, if your energy is really low, you need to say yes to certain things to fill that cup up, right? But there's also things that if you say yes to, that you really should be saying no to, that cup of yours is going to empty itself out. Like, burnt out, right? Like, that exhaustion, like... So if your energy is low, you need to fill it up. You really, really need to. So say yes to things, but say yes to the things that are wise and the things that fill you up. Um, because if you don't, you're either going to stay at that level or you're just going to drop even more. Which, yeah. Ugh, not fun. So, so what about the people pleasers that think, well, I have to say yes to it because I want to help everybody. I want to do all those things. Yeah. How, how, how do you... How do you suggest the people pleasers deal with that filling up the cup? Yeah. So what I would say is you're trying to say yes to things that you think kind of might fill you up. Um, but you know what? The reality, and this is how I talk in my coaching sessions, is I go, is that really filling your cup up or is it emptying it out? And then yeah. I just wait and I let them think and go, I'm not going to tell you. You tell me what's going on. Yeah. And I, I, it's interesting. I, I, I'm working with a couple of people right now who have very similar um, things going on about, you know, I do so much for everybody else and now I need something and no one is there. Yes. Oh, I hear that all the time. Right. A lot of women I work with, I go, who's your support? Who are you people that feel you like? And they're like, I don't have that. And I go, okay. I recognize that. I honor that. And I'm giving you a place for that. And what I'm going to tell you, and this is the most beautiful thing about therapy or coaching or any of this, is that I really fundamentally believe you just need to have one secure attachment with someone. You need to have one experience with someone that teaches you the possibility that it is out there. And so my work with people is I get to be that person. I get to show them what it actually feels like to have that person in their life, to really feel supported, to feel understood, to feel cared for, to feel like, ha, ah, this person gets me. Like, that's why I love that I'm trained as a therapist and I'm coaching because I have been taught how to do that. And it's also just been so in my nature since I've been teeny tiny little. Like, I grew up with a sister with disabilities. That is one of the biggest blessings that I got out of that was that my empathy is insane. Um, so intense, but it's, it, but it comes to a detriment at times, right? The taking care of people. Oh, that caregiver role. I've been that for a very long time. So having to change that, having to recognize that, um, is really tough, but how can we use our gifts, our superpowers? That's how I often call it in, in a really positive way. But how do we also recognize that that superpower can also be our detriment at the same time? So we have to be so wise and how we utilize all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any overextended strength becomes our weakness. And that's, you know, if we, if we, if we do the empathy, it's wonderful. But, you know, what, what I realized, um, because I don't like to ask for or accept help, that's my, how my imposter shows up. That's my mm -hmm. main way. And I, 
um, I realize that if I'm always giving, if I'm always empathetic, if I'm always doing for others, I never allow space for others to do for me. Yeah. Right. And it's that, it's that, it's that bit where I, I think people, some people listening might feel like, um, you know, caregiver is a role and that's therefore who I am now. I was there with, with my late husband. I, you know, I was a caregiver. That was my role, the one of my roles as well as wife and mother and all the, you know, businesswoman and all mm -hmm. the other things. But I think, you know, there's a difference between, you know, really kind of filling ourselves, helping others, living our true self, like empathetic and, and then, and then there's, there's, but then there's the bit where it's kind of like, well, that's a role and that's what I do. And that's kind of different to who I am, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's, and it just reminds me, I'm opening up a membership in January. And the first topic that we're talking about is connecting. It's connecting with your partner. It's connecting with your kids. But then my heart and passion, this is where I come in, is I'm talking about connecting with yourself. And literally, I'm hosting a workshop on exactly that, which is what are the roles that you have? And we list them out. And then we, prior we say, okay, what one has the biggest like how much energy are we putting into those roles? And we label them, we number them. And then we say, okay, from that, what do we actually want it to be? It's like a really hard awakening of like, oh my goodness, I am putting my role as a, for me at that point, it was like my role as a daughter was like super high. I was doing so much stuff with that, but it was like, but my role as a mom, my role as a wife, like I wanted that one higher. But then I was like, whoa, wait a second. My role of me as an individual, that needs to be the highest. And then I realized how much time and energy am I putting into that one? It was like 2%. Mm. Like, but I was like, that's my top one. Wow, there's such a disconnect. Now what do I need to do to <laughs> make that different? Yeah, and absolutely. Prioritize that. And I think I think where oh, so so okay so so what happens when you can't change it? Like for example, I had a business. Um, I had my late husband had Alzheimer's, so mm -hmm. needed full time care, and I wasn't in a position to bring in a carer. In the UK, it is absolutely prohibitive. It's like two thousand pounds a week, mm -hmm. um, and there was no way that would have bankrupted me. And I, I yeah, I, that just wouldn't. It wasn't an option. Yeah. Um, and and but I couldn't change that. So how how what would you say to somebody who either literally can't or believes that they can't? make that shift from the role of let's say caregiver and wife and when you want to spend more time with your family or you want to spend more time with your business or or your own personal life and yourself H how do you make that shift when circumstances are there that make that difficult or impossible yeah so what i do that's hard right i feel the heaviness of that when it's when we're at a point of like but i don't know what else to do there's not really options and and I get that. And then at that point, it's not to problem solve. It's not to like, let's figure out what we're going to do. Because the reality is, is we're not in this top part of your brain. You need to be in this top part of your brain to even problem solve. You don't have that ability when you're down here. Uh -huh. Because really, when you're down here, you're just surviving, which is there is a need. <laughs> and someone's got to meet that need because I got to survive or this loved one of mine has to survive. So I need to just meet that need. And I recognize that. And I say, yep, okay. 
So just recognizing that, okay, right now, how do we break it down? How do we get to the most basic thing? What can you do to make sure that you're safe and that other person is safe? I'm going to do that. Great. Awesome. Do that. Okay. When that's done, like make sure that's there, that you guys are safe because what happens is you're able to then answer yes to that question. Am I safe? Are they safe? Yes. Okay, great. You can breathe, right? You get out of that survival mode. Now we're in those feelings. Now we're in the emotions. Then it's supporting that piece, which really is, oh, I feel confused. I'm feeling unsure. I'm uncertain, right? Those are the feelings that are coming up. But the fear, that insecurity is I'm a failure as a wife, right? I mean, I'm I'm not doing the best. I'm it's failure. I mean, that's the time. That's really the deep down. Like I'm failing this person who I love and I adore. And like, why can't I do this? Which really is why can't I take away probably Alzheimer's? Because as someone who had a grandma with it and battled it and saw it, it's awful. It's the most, you're grieving that process from day one all the way. Um, and for some people, like then that person dies and there's this relief. And then it's like, how do I handle this relief when I have this grief as well? But you've been grieving the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's intense. So it's that and it's supporting that and it's helping you with that and to see that and to speak really truly to that. Um, because when you feel understood, you feel supported, you feel loved, you feel connected. We answer yes to that yeah. question. Now you're up in this part of your brain. That's where we can problem solve. That's where we can talk about it. Okay. Like what's out? Like you, you're actually, your mind explodes. Your mind says, okay, wait, there's actually opportunities out there. I'm not controlled by this insecurity, this fear any longer, or even this feeling that I'm so avoiding because uncertainty, fear, grief. Ah, there's, that's the feeling. It's the grief. It's the sadness. Oh, I don't want to feel that. Like it's, yeah. And it's, but if we do that, if we avoid those things, if we're letting those fears control us, we're in survival mode. Yeah. And I, I got really good at faking it because I refused to go. I mean, even, even before he, you know, the, the decline of, of, um, uh, you know, the, the buildup of the plaque in his brain effectively, I, I got very good at, um appearing really healthy yeah. while in survival mode in order to avoid the feelings part. I did not want to go in there. And and only because of COVID, I had to go in there. I got brilliant at kind of appearing like I'm absolutely thriving. And people kept saying, Oh, I don't know how you're doing this. And I was like, ah fine you know but I was fully in survival mode yeah and it's that middle bit that that feeling our feelings and you know there there are a lot of I mean not only when a loved one is ill but you know there are a lot of situations where we keep ourselves very 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 busy and for me that keeping myself busy I mean all the time to the point where I would fall into bed I was exhausted all the time I traveled all over the world I was constantly in jet lag but I was avoiding the question how do I feel? Oh, yeah. For decades, Everyone has a root of what's going on. And really what it is, is it's either the feeling piece that they're avoiding or it's there's this fear, there's this insecurity that is debilitating them and they can't overcome it. Um, And so it's one of the two. Often that's what it is. It's not – I'm not really working with women that don't have calming strategies in place. Like – 
you, you all out there are strong, very powerful women. I know that. And you know yourselves and you know how that is. Sometimes it's also like, oh, I'm trying these and they aren't working. So I developed some really strong ones that work for you. But really at the core, that's what I so believe is like, let's get to the root of it because let's, sorry, let's dig that one up and like, let's support you. And I'm literally there to like guide and hold people's hands. I'm like, I don't want to deal these feelings. And I'm like, oh, we're going to do this and you're going to be crying. And I'm likely going to be crying too, because I can't be empathetic and not witness you bawling your eyes out and not cry with you. So like, but you need that. Like, and so people are like, I literally feel like you're virtually holding me. And I'm like, oh, I am like. I am. And we're going to do this. And I'm going to do this with you. And I'm going to support you in these feelings because they feel so unbelievably overwhelming. Um, but the reality is that they won't destroy you. And the reality is that when we embrace them, I and mean, I think what we're so scared of is that we're going to be tied to them forever, that they're somehow going to then become our identity. And this is going to be us. And that's a lie. I'm sorry. It's a false belief. And really the reality is that actually if we can engage with that, we can allow that feeling to kind of be there, to hold its place, and then it lets go. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And like that's where my deepest, like when that happens, I just sit back. And like that's sometimes where the tears come for me of just seeing that in someone. And then their face just lights up and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 hard to imagine when you're in a very dark place that feeling those feelings will let them go. Yeah. It is so I, I mean I I I describe myself as frozen at that point, right? Like like I was the ice queen. You know, um and I really could it's, you know, I, I just didn't allow feelings to come or go. It just, just, Absolutely. and yet nobody would know that because I was the biggest energy in any room. So I think it's really, it's, it's really interesting for, you know, when, when we are kind of thinking about what confidence is, we'll think, oh, well, confidence is the people who are loud and can chat and extroverts. And that's not true. Yes. Um, but, but it's, but it's also, you know, the people who appear strong and who appear happy, that, that doesn't, you know, and then we compare ourselves to them and go, oh, I wish I could be like that because I'm not confident like that. And it, it's not even true, you know. No. I have <laughs> because I think what you're saying, and this is the part that I want to clarify for people, and I'm hoping that the things that I'm saying is making people go, okay, this is starting to make sense, is what you're talking about of where you were is you were in survival mode. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is when we're there, we have three skills. We have fight, we have flight, and we have freeze. So you were flighting, which means avoiding. Yeah. So I'm going to go do all these other things. Work is a, is a very strong way of avoiding at times. I've done it. I've been modeled it. I know lots of people that use it. Um, some people turn to alcohol. Some people um, are like, I'm just going to go do all these things. I'm going to do my errands. I'm going to do all these, do, do, do. like, look at all these things I have to do. My to-do list, mm, that can be an avoidant technique. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm going to call it for what it is. But the reality is that these, these reactions that we've had, these things that we've done, there has been a time where it has kept us safe. It has actually worked for us. And I want you guys to know that, that it has worked and that's why you do it. That's why you keep doing it. 
But the tough reality is that, and I ask people, is, is this serving you now? Like, is this really serving you? Is this really working? And it's hard. It's so hard to be like, yeah, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not. Because otherwise, you know, like you said, the freeze, you said staying in bed, literally being like so exhausted, jet lag, that exhaustion, that's freeze. Or fight is yelling, screaming, saying hurtful things, raising your voice, all of those things. Like that, when you have that, that is telling you that you are in survival mode. And you have three skills, fight, flight, or freeze. Do you have the skill of problem solving? No, that's up here. Do you have the skill of validating and sitting with your feelings? No, that's here. So stop trying to figure out what those feelings are. You don't have that ability yet. Like, don't do it. Don't be like, I'm feeling this. It's like, nope, don't do it because you're like, and this and that, and I can't even pinpoint it freeze, right? Just like, mm, I can't even pinpoint it. I can't even label it. That's totally the freeze that jumbled like, I can't put words to it. Like that's what it is, which when you're there, you need calm. Like I've said earlier, you need calm. So use your calming strategies, use the yoga, use the journaling, use the deep breathing, use the meditation, use the taking a bath, Use the calling a friend, like the list goes on and on of what that is, but use that so you can answer yes to I am safe. But sometimes the reality is that you don't want to quite move up quite yet because those feelings just feel too heavy. So don't, don't force yourself like to do that because grief, like that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. So that might mean that you really need to have someone there to support you in that process. Um, I have my own therapist right now to help me with a difficult feeling that I'm struggling to deal with. So I get this, like I'm speaking from experience of, yes, sometimes there's really difficult feelings to have. So we need to wrap in people in our life to support us. Um, my husband's an incredible support. I have girlfriends that are incredible supports, but sometimes it's like, I've been relying on them too much. And I get that. Or it's that they're overwhelmed or they have their own things or they have their own feelings about a certain situation. So they can't offer that support. So that's where there's therapists out there. That's where there's coaches out there to provide that support to you to help when you're ready. And like you said, like some people aren't ready. So I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to say, well, suck it up and come on, let's do this. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. Um because it's really when you're ready and you're open to doing the work that it transforms really fast. That's beautiful. Yeah. So um, one thing that uh, comes up quite often um, is anxiety. So that's not yes. a thing that's going to pass, as in it's not a thing where, you know, you, you go through a process and then look, it's gone. You know, it's more of a thing that you become friends with and, you know, learn techniques with. Absolutely. So that's kind of different, isn't it? Is that is that us kind of cycling back through the, the, you know, kind of up and down the levels of our brain or what's going on there? Yeah. So how I would describe it is anxiety is really just your body saying, oh, danger, danger, danger. Something's going on. Really? So it's picking up on something in the environment. And sometimes often what's labeled it is some people will say, I just got triggered, which means 
I got alerted to something in the environment. My mind has no sometimes clue what it is, but my body does. So my body is saying, hey, I'm going to take over or I'm going to assess right now. Can I handle this? Can I handle this on my own? Yes. Okay, great. I can stay in my emotional state and figure out the feelings and the thoughts that I'm having and I can handle those, which means I can then get to my executive again and continue about my day. But sometimes it's like... I don't have the, nope, this is too much. This is too overwhelming. I need to drop to my survival and I need to use fight, flight, or freeze to keep me safe, protect me. Um, And really that anxiety is saying, this is a life or death situation. Drop to your survival, keep you safe, to keep you alive. Um, But the reality is that sometimes those triggers, sometimes those alerts aren't actually to a life or death situation. Or aren't even real. Sometimes they're kind of imagined. Yes. But there was something weird enough in the environment. Sometimes you smell something. Sometimes you hear something. Sometimes it can be just the craziest thing that happens. Or it's the time of year and certain things are just coming up. And you're like, why does this happen every time at this time? There's something that's going on. And so that's where working with a trained therapist and working with someone who actually understands how that kind of works can actually help you identify what is actually going on. Um, But when you do that, you start to go, okay, oh, yeah, I don't want to keep reacting that way. Like, but, oh, I built awareness. And that's what I tell my clients all the time is we just need to build awareness because awareness is the tool that we can use to actually start changing how we're reacting to things. And that's how I call it. We stop reacting. We start responding in a healthy way. We feel like we're in control of ourselves and we know exactly how we want to respond going forward. So we're changing that pattern. So that anxiety really diminishes. And so sometimes we have those alerts that happen, that anxiety, that trigger, and we go, hmm, nope, that's, I'm good. I can handle this. And then we're not like succumb to that survival state where we're <gasps> hyper aroused and all of that. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I think it's those kind of, those kind of times when we're, <gasps> that we, that we turn to some, something that will offer us relief, like, um, you know, alcohol or, or for some people exercise or, you know, what, whatever it is. And some of that's, you know, uh, more healthy for us and some of it not so healthy, but, um, but and why it, do we do that? Because our body and our brain actually knows that it needs calm. Yeah. It's inherent in us. That is what, like, literally it's based on research, but our bodies know, like we've lived our lives. We know like, oh, come on. When you're feeling overwhelmed, who doesn't go grab a cookie? Calms you down. It makes you feel good. Yeah. And ultimately it doesn't. Ultimately, if that was your continuous strategy, it's like any overextended strength becomes our weakness. So if we use the cookie and it calms us down and we keep using the cookie and we keep using the cookie, yes. we end up diabetic or whatever. Do you know, I'm, I mean, that's an extreme. But Absolutely. You know, and that's that. the question of, is this still serving you? Is it serving you well now? And if yeah. it isn't, okay, we need to learn some other ones. Um, and that's where I love that. And it's like, uh, and it's not a judgment. It's literally not. We're like, I've done that. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's worked for you. And they're like, crap. Yeah, it has. And I go, yeah. So we have to do this other one enough times. And it really has to be powerful enough for you to go, you know what? It works just as well. So I can trust that one. I can do that one. And I can rely on that one instead of this other one that is not serving me. But that can take some time. 
And it's got to be like a very strategic one that we choose because if we don't choose well, we're going to be like, I'm using my other one. That one works better because it does. Like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the bad habits are like an, it's a very easy go-to, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I love that, that, you know, you started off describing, you know, the, the, the kind of the three steps. And then we've been able to talk through some examples of where you keep coming back to that. How do we get you to say yes to be, you know, am I safe to move out of the survival mode and so on? I, I've, I, I could do this all day. <laughs> I really <laughs> love this. My clients is we're constantly like, where are you in your brain right now? Where are you? Yep. I'm in my emotional. I'm in my survival. Okay, great. What are the steps that you need to do when you're there? What are the tools you need to use right now? And so it's so, I just break it down, right? I simplify it into ways that people go, I know what to do. I can handle this because we need that. We need that confidence in ourselves. Like you said, you like your approach is how do we build that confidence? We build it by knowing what the heck we are, like we can do and we need it laid out. Like, and this approach doesn't work if you're like, oh, Lindsay's just going to do this for me. It's like, mm -mm, no, no, no. Like you need to take action. But if we don't know what action steps to take, we get overwhelmed. We don't feel like we can handle it. So that's why I literally like give you, equip you and support you to know exactly what type of action to take. It's beautiful. Thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing that. Yes. So I want to um, just spend uh, our last few minutes um, asking you some questions that I like to ask of each of our guests because it's so much fun and it's so varied. Um, and that is in relation to cabaret. So so cabaret, if you're new to Confidence Through Cabaret, um, I, I define cabaret as having its roots in vaudeville. So Typically, a cabaret is uh, held in a small venue with a fairly small audience. Now, sometimes you have, um, you know, if you're going to go and see Dita Von Teese or whatever, you're going to go and see it in a huge theater, and that's it's it's a cabaret act, but but it is no longer in a cabaret. Yeah. Um. And so, in in cabaret shows, we would typically see singing, dancing, uh, uh, burlesque, uh, drag. Um, uh aerial contortion comedy and all kinds of different things that that would be um acts that people would be performing so if you were performing a cabaret act what would your um cabaret act be Lindsay? oh wow hmm. wow i don't know i'm thinking like I think it would be, oh, I'm like, oh, is this too intense or too, like, this is where it gets, my brain will have so many ideas. But the idea that came is I've been really working through this visual exercise of where do I feel free? Where do I feel myself? And it, I get to this place where I'm in this um, field with a flowy dress. My hair is down. It's flowy and it's windy. And it would be like how to get people to that point. And so it's taking from the destruction. It's just the mess of everything. And so some louder noise and kind of dance at first, you know, but it's how do we move in this journey to get to that point where we feel free, we feel alive, we feel able to walk in whatever the direction we want to walk in. Um, And there's just light, there's joy, and there's just beauty to be had. Um, So be something like that. Okay, so I'm sort of now picturing that you're going to be on a stage in your spotlight with your flowy dress and you're going to be moving in some sort of fashion, some very flowy, yeah, twirling maybe, yeah, Yeah. taking up space. 
Yeah, I love not really giving a not giving a crap about whatever anyone else thinks. I'm just being me, which feels so good. It does feel good. And it's what audiences want to see, right? They want to see your story. They want to see what it is that you're putting out there. And and it's not about evaluating it. And it's what's interesting is when I ask these questions, people go, oh, I don't know. And it's like, yes, you do. I heard it in your voice right there. Like I just saw it flash through and including with you. And you went, oh, the first thing that came to my head. So it's like that, you know, we do know these things. We do yeah. know how we want to how we want to move and how we want to express and how we want to share. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what one prop besides your flowy dress, what one prop would you want to take on the stage with you? Weird enough, like a flower seems to come in my head, but that flower would change as like, that would be the signal of where things have changed. Right. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful. Now I'm getting now I'm getting very dark and I'm picturing you like pulling petals off and throwing good <laughs> <laughs> flower at first. That's like so I'm just fully making up your act now. I'm like totally just just taking words out of your mouth, but I'm like, because that's where I'm going to, right? So but that says more about me than it does about you. I'm just like, yes, and we can pull petals and <laughs> yes. but I'm just I love the idea of it changing. That's beautiful. And like that would be what signals it. Right. Like something metaphorically that's like, yeah, this is this is how you see it. And it's and I think it also speaks to the logo. I literally just created a new logo for my business and it's literally of a woman with a watering can and she's watering her her brain. <laughs> but it's like these petals and everything are just growing and blossoming. Um, so, yeah, I think Beautiful. that's very fitting. Oh, that's so beautiful. Okay, and one more question around Cabaret. What would your stage name be? How would you be introduced? Oh, there's two names that come up. One, it would either be Hope, which has always been a word of mine, um, or it would be Live. Um, and just something that represents life and regrowth. And um, But it's also very fitting because we had we had a miscarriage and we actually named our baby Liv um L-I-V because we weren't sure if it was a baby girl or boy but we believed even for that short amount of time that that baby lived um and yeah. so that word just means it's very very special to me that's very beautiful thank you for sharing that yeah absolutely oh okay one last question uh where can people find you Absolutely. So check out my website, theresponsivewomen.com. There is incredible resources on there. Um, lots of different options to work with me if you guys want to do that. But I'm also starting a podcast. So listen to that. Um, there's coaching. If people are like, I really want to work on that one-on-one -on -one stuff. Awesome. That's there. I'm launching a membership in January. So there's just a lot to be had, a lot of opportunities but if you're also like, you know what, I'm a really self-paced learner. I can do this kind of on my own. I do have an online course where I literally coach you through this exact process through this course. Um, it's not just an academic one where I literally am sitting on a couch and I have teachings with it and there's worksheets that are attached to it. So you don't have to take notes during the process, but you literally can just listen and get filled with the knowledge and the goodness that it has. But then there's action steps to take, but I outline all of that for you guys in each worksheet that's attached to each lesson. So it's a really beautiful course. A lot of women have seen great success with that. Um, but I offer three coaching sessions with it as well if you're needing that because 
I get sometimes it's like, I can't fully do this on my own. I need some support. Um, so I get that. So I offer that all in there. Beautiful option. So check out the website. And also if you're just like, I think I just want to chat a little bit. Um, you can schedule a free 30 minute session on there as well. And so happy to do that for people. Beautiful. So if you're listening on podcast, you, you won't see the banner on StreamYard. It's responsive woman with an A. So responsive, R-E-S-P-O-N-S-I-V-E, lost my train of thought. And then woman, W-O-M-A-N.com. Yeah. Um, so, so do get in touch with Lindsay and, and do check out the website and find out what's on there, what's on offer. If this speaks to you, then please reach out. Mm-hmm. That's what we do this for. Absolutely. We just offer what is out there to see. And if something clicks with you, yes. And if you're like, "Mm, mm, mm, nope, that's not for you. And that's good. And that's okay. Or maybe it's at this time. Do you know, maybe it's like six months down the road, you go, hmm. And then you can check back with that. It's it's always on the YouTube channel on under Vodcast Playlist. Uh, it's also on podcasts anywhere that you get your podcast. It's Confidence Through Cabaret. You'll find, um, you can connect with me on all the socials, Heather Jean, also Confidence Through Cabaret. Lindsay, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank it has been so such a delight to share this conversation. I, I Honestly, it makes me so happy to be able to to, to talk about these things and really be able to kind of illustrate so that people go, ah, and, that, and then it makes sense. And then they learn and they grow or they find what they need and they reach out. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, this has been so fun. And thank you for being vulnerable as well and sharing the parts of your story that are tough, you know, acknowledging that you felt grief, acknowledging that we put up this exterior wall of, I got this all put together. Like, acknowledging that and it's hard it's very hard for us as women to do that but there's such power when we do share because we realize that other people have as well and that invites other women to share which I know we want people to talk and be open about things but if we're not doing it ourselves it's not going to happen no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think since, since COVID with so many more people going online and so many more people seeking out solutions and seeking out connections, you know, we, we're, we're, we're a lot more likely to be able to be vulnerable and not that you ever need permission, but to find that permission to just be able to express or find what you need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, everybody listening or watching. Uh, check out Confidence Your Cabaret on all of the socials. Uh, that would be Facebook and Instagram and a, all of the usual places, LinkedIn. I'm Heather Jean on LinkedIn. I am at YBYWYS on Twitter and on Clubhouse at Heather YBYWYS. And those six beautiful little letters stand for it is your body you get to decide your boundaries and what you do to express it you get to decide it is because it is your world and you get to take up space because it is your stage Mm. thank you so much yes bye everyone